Welcome to Annersbrook Church. We hope this message empowers and encourages you. To hear more from our church, make sure you subscribe or visit our website at annersbrook.co.nz for a service near you. Hey, I am Viv, Pastor Viv, mum to some in the room, or one particular one. She's disappeared. Where's she gone? She's gone. Oh, she might come back. That's my daughter I'm talking about. Have a daughter, have a son, Jared. He is the campus pastor. Jared and Alicia, campus pastors out. Saxon, just in case, just keep me up to date with what's happening. Don't have any more than the two. Have a couple of grandchildren. Brioni turned five this last week, Wednesday. That's like, freak me out. Where have these years gone by? And the other little one, he's turning two in June. Awesome. So we've been doing an incredible series, 10 Things Christianity Isn't. I hope you've loved the series. Give me a hands up if you love the series. Yeah. For those of you new today or you've been just coming along for a bit, it's been an incredible series. And today is the final one of that. And um, I just want to say that there's five more subjects that are going to be carried on or no, talked about, not carried on, going to be talked about, they're going to be talked about at Saxon today. And um, Graham and uh, Jared are having a little conversation about these things. And they're going to be talking about this, well, these things. Christianity isn't weird, hello, although um, clapping, uh, that was a little bit weird, but Christianity isn't weird, hello, do you agree? It is, actually isn't, there's a whole big story around that, it isn't boring. No, it is not. Christianity isn't boring. Christians know how to have fun and do it well, right? We know how to be entertained, but entertained well, right? We know which Netflix to watch and what not to watch. That's what I'm saying. Christianity isn't no Netflix. It is just like, you know, let's watch Netflix. That's going to help us. Anyone want to feel helped? Yeah, right? Christianity is not boring. It is not hypocritical. It is not. It is not, and it isn't permission to judge. Oh, no. Yes. And I just want to say sorry to anyone in the room if you have felt judged. I'm really sorry. Because that's not a Christian perspective. That's a religious perspective. Religion judges. Don't let me get me started on this. Don't get me started. Religion judges. We do not judge. In fact, in this house, we have a mandate to create a landing place for sons and daughters of God to come to feel accepted, not feel judged, to know that who they are is actually okay. It's a come as you are. There is no judgment allowed here. Just saying, just saying from the mama in the house, there is no judgment in this house because that's not Christianity. That's religion. And we're all about relationship, relationship with who Jesus, yeah? And he is oh my goodness, the most non-judgmental person. He totally is. And so we're Christ followers, and so we are like him. The other of the five is is Christianity is not irrelevant to a modern life. Cool subject. So you can hear about those. They're gonna be talked to briefly on the podcast. Check that out. But what I felt to speak to today, which was like really speak right at this thing, Christianity isn't fearful. Now, Shannon's alluded to it a little bit, but I want to break it open for us because um, 
I love this quote. Some of you might have seen it on Instagram, but he's my, one of my favorite authors from like years ago, A.W. Tozer. He said this, a scared world needs a scared church. No, a scared world needs a fearless, a fearless church. So we're gonna speak into the face of this, the chaos and the fear that's going around and, and Shannon's spoken to it a little bit. I want to give you and I some practical tips on how to avoid fear or push fear away or overcome fear for yourself, but also for other people that you may meet in the next week or so who may find themselves in a very anxious place, okay? Who may find themselves very overwhelmed by every stuff notification that is coming at us, every news report, every media thing that may or may not be true, but they may have, may have started to feel overwhelmed by that. Are you okay to be helpful to other people in this season? Because that's actually what God's called us to be. He helps us and we help others. We're here to make a difference. So we're gonna get practical with this today. So fear of the future can be a very real thing. And it is a very real thing. And right now, it's just like ramping up all around the planet. It totally is. The news can paralyze us. We can be afraid of the future for ourselves, our children, our grandchildren. We get afraid of sickness, financial crisis. These things are real. Um, crowds, that none of our dreams will be realized. And it all starts to be catastrophized. Uh, the world is coming to an end. We can see it all happening, and fear can quickly turn into catastrophizing. And so I want, us to, I want to help us today with this. I think these things I'm talking about, catastrophizing, fear, all that is greater than the, the virus, actually. The ripple effect is greater than the virus. So I feel that as a church, we need to be well-armed and well-prepared ourselves so that we know how to overcome fear in our own little minds and also to help other people. Jesus spoke to the fear. He said it straight up. He said, he said this, can any of you by worrying change anything? Absolutely not. And um, Matthew 6, 25, he says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you no, not much more valuable? Are you not much more valuable than they? Yes, you are. Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? But seek first his kingdom. That means seek first him, his reign over your life, over your mind, and all these things will be given to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I have told you these things, so that in me, in me, that's the key, in Jesus, you will have peace. He does say, in this world you'll have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Whoopee! Hey, get a little bit excited. That's awesome. So for me, when I give into fearful thoughts about the future, this is what I'm saying. I'm saying that my God is not capable of looking after me and my family and my church and my nation and the world in the future. I need to worry about it. I need to do something. We wonder if God can be trusted 
to look after our futures. That's what we're saying when we fear, my friends. So I wanna encourage you, let us not be fearful. Christianity isn't fearful. It is not full of anxiety. Fear is at the heart of anxiety. I don't know what yet if you know what anxiety feels like. Do you remember last year we looked at this, uh, the age of anxiety? And we talked about when we feel anxious, we get, uh, we get um, like sweaty, sweaty under the armpits. We get, a, you know, our heart starts to palpitate. You know, we get very, there's, there's some very real physical things that start to happen when we have anxiety. And that could be happening. I don't know if it's happening with you, but you may know people who actually start to feel anxiety heightened in their bodies and they're having real anxiety attacks. These, is, these things are what's happening. And so in overcoming this, and overcoming fear, it doesn't help to just say, I will try and get better and not be fearful. I will try. You know, I'm gonna white knuckle my way through this. That actually isn't helpful. You know, we can say that. I'm gonna try and not be fearful. But I actually think we need a plan. I'm all about plans. A plan of what to do when our mind begins to worry and fear the future. Are you ready for a plan? So uh, what I'm saying with this is we need to give job, God his job back. We need to give his, the, yeah, the job of actually looking after the future. So let's talk, let's talk about it. So some strategies to overcome fear. So what's happening when you get anxious, the adrenaline is starting to rush around your body. So there's some basic things that you can do, right? Here's some real quick fire things. Take some deep breaths for a start. So if you're starting to feel anxious, you're starting to get the signs of having an anxiety attack, some really big deep breaths. Okay, I want everyone to breathe with me, okay, because you're not breathing. Okay, big breaths, right from the diaphragm and out. So, so good to do that, so healthy, because what happens is you're sending fresh oxygen into all of your cells of your body, and that's really, really helpful, and it just starts to calm everything down within your body. Okay, so we're body, soul, and spirit, so we actually have to tend to the physical body, this body, and like look after it and do something with it. So we take those long, long, big breaths. Um, some other things that you can do is you can put a mint on the tongue, that can help you. So if you're fighting someone, say you meet someone and they're having an anxiety attack, maybe carry some mints. Um, not meat mints, but mints. <laughs> Yuck! Here's some mints. I have to clarify that. They're the peppermint ones, you know, like a mint on the tongue is really helpful. Feel your feet on the ground. So like you get grounded, hold on to something. Like this is really real stuff, okay? So if you're having an anxiety attack, hold on to something. Like what, I'm holding onto a table. I can feel my feet. I can feel my feet on the ground. I'm grounded, it's okay. It's okay, I'm not falling over, it's all right. All these things help. So you touch the physical things around you. Here's another one, I just love this one. You're gonna love it too. Give yourself a hug. Give yourself a hug. You know, you give yourself a squeeze. I don't know why, it just works, okay? So there's some good things. Deep breathing, real big deep breathing, mint under the tongue, big hugs, give yourself a big hug. And you know, especially if you're in a, having a chronic panic attack, these things will help you absolutely well. 
Um, here's a really fun thing to do. Be your best cheerleader. Give yourself a standing ovation. Actually encourage yourself and build a culture of praise. What happens when you become a praiser and when you praise yourself, serotonin, which is a really great chemical, is released in your brain. And that actually gives you some happiness. Okay, so when despair is coming and you start to feel, oh my gosh, another news report, you know, and you start to feel it. I don't know if any of you have been feeling it. It's a real thing, okay? And it starts to overwhelm all of us. Just stand up and give yourself a standing ovation. Why don't we do that right now? Come on. Stand up. You need to wake up. Give yourselves a standing ovation. <laughs> Christianity isn't weird, by the way. <laughs> we just do standing ovations randomly. Randomly, wherever you are. I'm trying to help you. I hope you appreciate this. But uh, hey, how cool is that? And you can actually help other people with that. You know, you just start clapping. Start clapping. I love it when I'm on a plane. And um, it's been a little bit of a dodgy, you know, flight. There's lots of bumps. It's like, ooh, you know, ooh, are we going to make it? Ooh, you know, and I, I, I quite enjoy that. If Krista was with me, she wouldn't be enjoying it. She'd be holding my hand. She'd be gripping my leg. It'd be all on. And it's like, whoa. But I love it when we have those um, crazy airplane rides. And then we land and everyone claps. I'm like, going, this is so cool. And everyone immediately, you know, you just like all together clapping. It's just a fun thing, you know, like that's why we clap at church. Just so to help ourselves of anxiety. Not really. We're actually praising God as well at the same time. But it's just such, it's such a good thing. It's such a good thing to do to release some things in the body. So we need to take care of our body. It's really good. There's another thing I want to help you with here is to actually write some things down. So this is the real deal. So journaling, oh, journaling. Journaling is just writing stuff. It sounds so flash, journal. You just get a pad or you get a piece of paper or you get your phone out and you just write some stuff down. Write how you're feeling about things, okay? And so this is what you need to write. Okay, so here's number one. Step one is identify the fear a second, the second it pops into your mind. Okay, so you get a, a fearful thought. Oh, fearful thought, I'm gonna write that sucker down. What is that? What is that? You know, oh my goodness, you know, we never, we're not gonna be able to buy any more toilet paper. Fearful thought, write that down, write that down. Oh my goodness, you know, we, we're not gonna be able, we have to stay at home, write that down, write that down. You know, like I'm not gonna be able to, you know, my relatives aren't gonna be able to come home. Write that down, write it down and state it out and say what it is. Ask yourself, is this thought about something I know to be true right now, or am I trying to tell the future? Because if you're trying to tell the future, that is not your place. And you have to ring fence that, that thought, that fearful thought. It's not our job to tell the future, okay? So the truth is that some of that fear may be a reality, right? But you still write it down. You have to face it. Write the fear down. It's really, really good to do that. And then step two is ask yourself, what do I know to be true right now? What is the truth right now? What is happening right now? What is happening for me right now? Take it there. Don't think world, because that's way out there. What's happening for me right now? The truth is that we're meeting here right now. We're all together. We can go wherever we want. 
I'm here, you're here. So what is the sum of the truths? I'm breathing. I can still go and buy food. This is awesome. You know, we're, we're having fun, yeah? You have to look at the things. What, what is true? And then with that, um, step three is be grateful. Write down some things. These are things to write down. Look at the things that you can be grateful for, big and small in your world. Um, thankfulness is huge. Shannon's already alluded to it. It is a huge key to overwhelming fear. And you may be facing other things, not just the COVID-19. There's other things going on in your worlds. I know. I know there are. And so this can, you can actually use this with all of your fears that you face and the areas that, are, that you're struggling with in your life. So I wanna encourage you, look for things that you can be grateful for, thankful for. There's always something. There actually is. There totally is. I wanna encourage you, what are, what are they? Look for things that you can be grateful for every day, every day. Even the fact that you can get up and breathe, you can move. The things I'm grateful for are health. Very, very good. I'm grateful that my knee is actually working today. Totally, I'm totally grateful for that. Absolutely grateful. I never will stop being grateful for that. Because yesterday actually wasn't very good, but today it's really good. So I'm grateful for that. And it starts to lift. I'm grateful to have a bed to sleep in. I'm grateful for friends. I'm grateful for people who care. I'm grateful for decaf coffee in the morning. I know it could be as simple as that. How can you be grateful for that, Viv? I just am. With cream, with it. Very grateful for the cream. Hello, Beth and Nick. Very grateful for the cream. Uh, it's just like you start, what it starts to do is get your eyes off of those things that are crowding in, the fearful stuff, the anxious stuff. Write a list of the grateful things. Now, you've heard me say this, but I'm not, I'm, I'll keep on saying it until the day I die. I will. Write down lists of things that you are grateful for and focus on those, my friends. And that will help you ride through any situation that you're facing. Any grief, any heartache, any heartbreak, any loss, any fear. Writing grateful things down will help you through those, through those moments. And what I love about that is we are going through, we are going through. Never Go to your, never say to yourself, I am stuck. The minute you say I'm stuck, that's when you need to apply this stuff, this, these, these keys here. I need a journal, why am I stuck? I need to look at what am I believing that's not true? What is the truth? What are the basic things I can believe in right now? And what are the grateful thoughts? Step four is this, and this may be new to some of you here. And that's okay, because I think it's good for us to be open to new thoughts and new learnings and new ideas. And this could be a new idea, and it's just this. Name God's truth. Name God's truth. Say God's promises over and over. You may not know any of them, so I'm gonna give you some today. Is that okay to help you? Because I never wanna assume that we all know what God says. We're all on a different part of the journey. And so his promises are many and and first of all, 2 Timothy 1 says that I have not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Someone needs to hear that in the room. If you feel like you're going a little bit crazy or I'm losing it, God has not given you that. 
In fact, he has given you a spirit of fear, of, he's not given you a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. And in Hebrews, he says, I will never leave you. Yeah, it is a hallelujah moment, or I'll forsake you. So it's true. Here's some other scriptures that I wanna give to you as quite a bit, but the word of God needs to get into us. And we can talk about these things and we can say the practical things that we can do, but the word of God, the truth, is what really sets us free, right? Because the word of God says that, the truth will set us free. So Psalms 34 verse four, and you can take note of these and look them up later, they're helpful. Listen to my testimony, I cried to God in my distress and he answered me, he freed me from all of my fears. That's the psalmist. It's okay to cry out to God in your distress. It's okay. He had distress. And the Lord answered him. He freed him from all of his fears. If he can do it for him, he can do it for you, and he can do it for me. Amen? First Peter 5, 7, pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there. Leave them there. What we don't do, we don't leave them there. We pour them out and then we just take them back with us. Leave them there. For he's always tenderly cares for you. Yeah? Yeah, it's actually something to practice, just leaving them. Okay, Lord, I've, left, I've given that to you. I'm walking away. You've got it. You've got it. We say that often, right? He's got it. He actually has. It's not a cliche little thing that we say. He has got it. Psalm 23 verse four says this, Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me for you already have. You already have conquered fear. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I'll never be lonely for you are near. I'm sharing these scriptures with you because these are the scriptures that help me. Yep. When I face fear, when anxiety starts to nip at my heels again, these are the scriptures that I read, that I declare over my life. These are the scriptures. These is, this is the truth that helps me keep breathing, that helps me actually write down those things that are grateful. This is the truth that helps me do this. Philippians 4, incredible. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, just asking, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace, ah, oh, the peace. Just even the, that word peace is like a fresh breath of air, right? The peace of God, which transcends all understanding. The peace of God transcends all things that we know or what we don't know. It will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. How beautiful is that? How amazing. So there's some little, some little scriptures and there's so many more. Like you could go from the beginning of the Bible to the end and basically it would be like, it would just go on and on. There's like 365 fear knots, one for every day of the year in the Bible. It's pretty cool. So we're pretty armed up. Like God has helped us in this area because he knew. He knew that this world would give us trouble, right? He knew that. Not that he wanted that for us. It wasn't his design. But he's helped us. So basically, turn your focus, turn your focus off of those things 
that keep bombarding you and turn them onto Jesus. And we do that by reading his word. We do it by worship, putting on worship. We do it by prayer. Prayer is just talking to him. So we can write down our fears, but we tell those to him as well. And you be real. Be real about what you're fearing. Be real about what you're anxious about. Be real and tell him. He's the one that you tell it to. It's so, so good. Turn your focus on to Jesus. And Shannon, he told this story about the, um, the disciples. They, were, they got caught up in a storm. And I wanna read it to you because it's such a cool story. It really, really, truly is. And it so applies. Matthew 8 is where it's found. If you wanna read this later on as well. Verse 23. So the disciples, they all got into a boat and began to cross over to the other side of the lake. And Jesus, exhausted, he fell asleep. Why not? Good idea. Suddenly, suddenly, a violent storm developed with waves so high, the boat was about to be swamped. So we're talking a really, really big storm. Like this is a tornado, a cyclone, all put together. It is horrendous. This is not just a few waves lapping. This is bad because these guys were really like seasoned fishermen. They'd been out in storms. Nothing was gonna worry them. Why were they so worried in this storm? Because it was nuts. It was like crazy. Have you ever been in a storm in a boat? Yeah, I have more than once. And it's freaky. You realize that the sea is very, very dangerous. And I've been in storms and I've had to like, call on God. God, you need to save us. Like literally, truly, the real deal has had to happen. So this is what was happening. And yet Jesus continued to sleep soundly. How cool are you, Jesus? He's just sleeping. He's he's cool right now, guys. The world's flapping around and our Jesus is, he's just cool. Not, not, Not that he's not just interested But this story is here for a reason, for these moments, for these moments. The disciples woke him up. How dare they? But they woke him up saying, save us, Lord. We're going to die. But Jesus reprimanded them. Why are you gripped with fear? Why are you gripped with fear? Good question, isn't it? We need to ask ourselves that. Why am I gripped with fear? Where is your faith? Then he stood up and he rebuked the storm and he said, be still. And instantly it became perfectly calm. The disciples were astonished. They said, who is this man? Even the wind and waves obey him. Do you know who he is? He's Jesus. He's the son of God. He's the savior. He's the master. He is king of kings and lord of lords. And he still is today. That doesn't change. No COVID, whatever, whatever, changes that fact that he is still the king of kings. And the point of the matter is this story is that Jesus was on the boat. He was actually on their boat. And we kind of look at that story, can break it out and think well, it's like the boat is like our life. And the big point is with all of this and with our life that we live, the question needs to be asked, is Jesus, Jesus, is he in your boat? Is he in your life? Like he was right down in the boat. He was like in the belly of the boat sleeping. Is he right front and center in your life? Like real deep and right 
You know, like, does he live there in your life? Or is he a bit peripheral out on the edges? Because that's where this all makes sense. And it makes a difference. When Jesus is so in your life, when you have him in your life, when you can call on him straight up, like it was cool, he was in the boat so they could call on him. I love that about that. They did that. The message is that He was actually in their lives and He wants to be in your life. He wants to be able to give you the peace when you call on Him. And from the peace, you get the strength and courage to keep on moving so you won't get stuck and paralyzed. Does it make sense? It so makes sense to me and it's how I live my life. This is how I live my life. Worship, prayer, the Word, when fear comes, and it, is, it does come, it's such a beautiful thing, such a beautiful thing. John 14 says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Another version, it says this, don't let this throw you. Ooh, okay. We are not gonna be thrown by this, church. We're gonna trust in our mighty God, and we're gonna help other people do that as well. What does God say? Let me finish with this incredible psalm that I know at the moment has been just quoted all around our world and I wanna declare it over you. It says this, those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust Him for He will rescue you from every trap and protect you from every deadly disease. He will cover you with His feathers. He will shelter you with His wings. His faithful promises are your armour and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness, nor the disease that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though 10,000 are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. No plague will come near your home. For He will order His angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. You won't trample upon the, uh, you will trample upon lions and cobras. You will crush fierce lions and serpents under your feet. And I love this. The Lord says, I will rescue those who love me. I will protect those who trust in my name. When they call on me, I will answer. I will be with them in trouble. I will rescue and honour them. I will reward them with long life and give them salvation. Give them salvation. Oh my goodness. Would you stand with me to your feet? Stand with me. That is an incredible psalm. I want you to take that. I want you to read that over yourself, over your household. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, He's not in your life. Today will be the best day for you to actually say, Jesus, I need you in my life. It's as simple as that. I remember the day I asked Jesus into my life and it was as simple as that. Jesus, I need you as my Saviour. I can't do this life without you. Come and be my Lord and be my Saviour. Thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Thank you, Lord God, that you faced fear for my sake. You went to that cross. And I'm gonna have what you have, Jesus. I'm gonna have peace in the middle of the storm. I'm gonna not be freaked out. Amen. Because you live within me. Salvation will come to your home, will come to your household when you say yes to Jesus. And you can do that today. You can do that in this moment. You can do it right now. 
If that, why don't we pray? Why don't we close our eyes? And I'm going to pray for each and every one of you. And if you want to give your life to Jesus, if you want to say yes to Him, now is the moment you can do that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I just pray right now for each and every one. You know where they are on this journey. And you know where you are in their life. I pray right now, Lord God, for those in this place who are saying yes to you for the first time, that they would know without a doubt that you have come in. Dear Lord, Jesus, please come into my life and be my Lord and Saviour. We hope you enjoyed this message. If you're wondering what your next step in your faith journey looks like, please get in touch with us. Email us at info at or visit our website, annasbrook.co.nz.